It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Great to have you with us on the show again today. Uh, it's a very sad day for Europe and the world. It really is. And it's in 24 hours an awful long time because yesterday we spoke to Brendan Murphy in Kiev and Alan Moore in Moscow getting the different perspectives and both were doubtful that a full-scale attack on Ukraine would happen but it was announced. My phone started pinging this morning about 5am I just heard that it got up, had to go to the TV and watch what was happening. It's incredible and as I said yesterday this can absolutely go Anywhere, absolutely anywhere. God knows what's going to happen from here on. Anyway, we're returning to Brendan and Alan on the show to get the very latest uh, just after two o'clock on late lunch. So stay with us for that one. But we begin today with a familiar face on TV. He's the presenter of How to Be Good with Money. Incidentally, the last in the series, this series is airing tonight on RTE. And I know so many people absolutely love him because his first book, the same name as the show, resides in thousands of houses around Ireland. It's virtually a Bible at this stage. Now building on his success, Owen McGee is back with book number two called How to Make Your Money Work, something we'd all love to make happen for us. Owen, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. What an introduction. My God, a Bible. <laughs> That's a contrast if ever there was. Thanks a, million, thanks a million for that introduction. Not at all. Not at all. I mean every word of it. I know how much you're loved. And in our house at home, by God, you can't speak when you're on the television. This man, I have to listen to everything he's saying. Anyway, congratulations on the first book, the series, and the second book now. And I'm going to come on to the change in the world financially that's happened in the last 24 hours in a moment. But I just want to say this you first and see what you have to say. Many people, as you know, own have been stung big, big time after the crash of the Celtic Tiger and even subsequently trying to achieve what your book is setting out to do. How can you reassure people? How can I reassure people with the times that changing yes, and how, how yes, the world is going? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, one of the things to say is, is that when it comes to situations like Ukraine and what's going on at the moment, money doesn't matter. Ultimately, that's not it. it this is, there's, there's lives at risk here. There are people, I don't know about the numbers so far, but this is a, an incredibly serious situation mm. just from a humanitarian point of view. And we shouldn't be thinking about money. Mm. But if we do have listeners who are out there and they're worried about money, maybe they're worried about pensions, they're worried about their financial future, 
What I will say is, is that, and not taking away from the whole humanitarian crisis that's there, what I will say is, is that crises in financial terms happen quite regularly, right? Mm. And they actually happen every three to five years. So that's on average every three to five years. So if you look back over the last kind of 10, 12, 15 years, every three to five years we've had something. We've had COVID, we've had Brexit stroke Trump, Mm. we've had, and that's a Trump is a financial crisis from a a financial perspective. That's not an opinion, that's just Mm. an uneasing of the financial world. And then if you go back a little bit further, we've global financial crisis. Roughly three to five years apart on average. And these things happen. And what I would say is, is purely from a financial perspective, that these things, when they happen, not if, it's when they happen, they fix themselves on average 80% of the time they're fixed within three years financially. Mm. So whatever happens in Ukraine, and let's hope that they resolve it very quickly and there's not a huge loss of life, but whatever happens over there, the financial world will rebound from this very, very quickly. And what I would say to people who have pensions or who have investments or who are very concerned about their financial future right now. What you're hearing on the financial side of things right now is only noise for the long-term investor. That's all it is. Mm. So don't get yourself too concerned. The, the worst thing you can do now is if you, if you go ringing up to find out how much is my pension worth now, has it gone down, or that investment I put in a couple of months ago or a couple of years ago, is that down now? If you go and try to make changes right now, if you go to pull that money out and do something else with it or put it into a bank account because you're scared, you are locking in your losses and it's not the right thing to do. So you just need to hold tight. I say it time and time and again, the long-term investor needs to invest and forget. Put your money in at the start when you have it, take it out when you need it, and try and make their, make as long a time in between the two points as you possibly can. And you will fare out okay in the long run. But this is not, to me, I know I'm a financial planner, I know I'm all about money, I know that's about, but to me, this is a humanitarian situation and that's that's the, the most important thing. And ultimately, um, and anyone who reads the book actually will notice that um, that's kind of the way, this is the second book I'm talking about, how to make your money work. Um, this, at the very end of that book, there's a very, very clear message about the importance of money and I suppose the lack of importance of money. And, and when, it, when it comes down to things, it's not really money that's important. Mm, well said, Owen. And, and I take re- great reassurance and I'm sure people listening to us today uh, take your words on board and it's sit tight, don't panic and, and let this thing play through. Now, we've just come through the pandemic and you talk about this in the book as well and little did we think we'd be straight into another uh, serious situation. But savings, my God, I don't have to tell you this. You you do a, a figure there in the book how much was being saved per month yep. prior to the pandemic and uh, per month during the pandemic. And I nearly fell off the chair when I read the figure. It's astounding. What about yep. all that money that's in there on deposit? Really earning nothing with interest rates so low. And, and what I'm getting at here... Is there a rise in interest rates in the way? Will savers benefit? Yeah, well, and the number you're referring to there was before the pandemic, households, and I'm talking about people, people in Ireland on average, households in Ireland on average saved €443 million a month. It's a huge figure. Four hundred and forty-three million. The first full month of lockdown, April twenty. Am I right? Yep. April twenty. So the very first full month of lockdown, we were all stuck at home. We couldn't go out. If we wanted to spend money, we had to make an effort to spend money. We were running in and out of supermarkets because we were scared to stay in them for too long. We had to queue up outside, so it was actually difficult. And then people weren't going to work anymore in terms of they weren't commuting. They didn't have that cost. 
And in that month, instead of saving an average of 443 million, we saved 3,000 million. We saved 3 billion euro in that month. It was an astounding figure and we, mm. we saved up a lot of money. And, and people, and even when we had people applying for the show this year, there was a different cohort of people. We would always have people who struggle a little bit financially or can't get at the top of their debt. We had this new group of people who were applying for the show saying, yeah, during lockdown, I kind of cleared off my credit card, got myself sorted out, and now I have a few bob for the first time and I don't know what to do with it. And these people who are sitting in bank accounts, or anybody who's sitting in bank accounts at the moment, and looking at interest rates, and they're saying, what am I going to do here? Because interest rates are so poor, inflation is running away with itself, and I I need to try and keep what we call the purchasing power of my money. The reality is, right, the European Central Bank has one job when it comes to interest rates. Their job and the only, their only mandate is they can use interest rates to control inflation. Mm. Now, the Federal Reserve, which is the equivalent in the States, they've two, they've a dual mandate. One job, they can use interest rates either to control inflation or to spur on the economy. So they can do one or the other or try and do a combination of both. But in Europe, it's purely interest rates have to move up and down to control inflation. They're trying to get inflation at 2%. I talk about that in the book as well, about how I explain, explain to my seven-year-old what inflation is. Um, but anyway, inflation is the cost of something today versus the cost of what it's going to be next year. And European Central Bank's job is to try and make it grow by 2% a year because that's progressive and that's, that's what they're trying to do. At the moment, with inflation running at, let's call it 5%, just to round it off, with inflation running at 5%, you would think that the European Central Bank has to jump in now and use use. Um, mm interest rates to try and control that because if they increase interest rates it means things like mortgages and loans go up and we have less money in our pockets and therefore the demand goes down and the supply issue is sorted but the european central bank are saying right now and they're still they're kind of starting to get off the fence but they're saying you know what this is what we call transitionary and what they mean by that is is we were in a pandemic a year ago we are certainly emerging out of that now and this demand this time now compared to this time last year is so dramatically higher that's pushing up prices but it'll sort itself out as the world comes out of this pandemic and there's a supply chain issues there's brexit issues and and just the whole supply chain is an issue and because of that they're kind of sitting on the fence saying yeah we know we have to increase interest rates if inflation keeps going the way it is but we're going to hold tight for the moment so we don't know what's going to happen but i would suggest that it's going to have to go up at some stage. But I think businesses would be a bit concerned about that, and that's why they're holding fire. So don't leave the money in the bank? No, the bank is not the right place for it. Let's keep these maths really simple for a second. right? Imagine you had €10,000 sitting in the bank. And I know €10,000 is a decent chunk of money, but just to keep the math simple, if you had €10,000 sitting in the bank account, imagine you found an amazing bank that said, after tax, we're going to give you half of 1% interest per year. Now, let's keep the math really simple. Simple interest terms. In five years' time, your €10,000 will have turned into €10,250. Now, you might say, that's great. I didn't lose any money. It went from 10, it went up, it went to 10250 If the European Central Bank do what they're supposed to do and control interest rates, use interest rates to control inflation, and we hit 2% per year for the next five years, again, simple interest terms, something that costs €10,000 today is going to cost €11,000 in five years' time. Mm. So your money will only have gone to 10250 Yep, yeah, I'm ignoring tax, I'm ignoring everything, right? But you will have lost €750 Euros of purchasing power. It doesn't feel like you've lost money, 
what you have because yeah. you can't buy the same thing with the same amount of money. So the only thing you can have, to, I would always talk about the five-year rule. The five-year rule says that if you have five years, if you have money sitting in your bank account that you're not going to use in the next five years, it does not belong in your bank account. So what do you do? When you're looking at beyond five years, you're going to have to turn the risk up a little bit. You're going to have to take on stocks and shares and bonds and all of those things. And that's where you're entering the realm of getting a little bit of, a little bit of advice. Talk to a financial planner or talk to somebody who can advise you on these things. And that's, there, there is a section in the book just around how do you implement this? What do you do? What do you look out for? What charges are you looking out for? Because you, once you start realising that you're, you're not only on a treadmill, you're on a reverse treadmill, you're going backwards even in a bank account and you need to do something about it. It, it's going to cost you money so you're better off going and spending money to get the good advice now and making sure you're on the right track I'll tell you about the book it's terrific uh, I've had it for a little while myself and been through it and I love the section I have to say at the end on uh, where you have all the questions and answers and you cover off I mean to say it's comprehensive you cover off a multitude there you really really do and well yeah. done with it but something that jumped out of it at me and I suppose it's so simple you don't consider it you say to build wealth it's simple spend less than you earn yeah, and it's interesting, those questions, the frequently asked questions section at the back, that's literally lifted off my Instagram. Every Saturday, or as close as I can to every Saturday, I do a text Q&A on my Instagram. People post, send questions anonymously to me, and I reply to them publicly. You can't be identified. Nobody knows who's asking the questions, and that's proven incredibly popular. So I try to run it from Saturday morning until Sunday morning, people firing questions, and I get thousands of questions, um, literally thousands of questions every Saturday when I'm doing that. Um, but it is, that spend less than you earn. I do that with 16-year-olds or 17-year-olds when I'm going into transition year students and I'm, I'm teaching them about money. And I say, spend less than you earn. And they go, ah, sir, what do you mean? They always call, me, call you sir for some reason. But ah, sir, what do you mean spend less than you earn? How can you spend more than you earn? Very simple. If I took those 16-year-olds and left them alone for 10 years and come back to them in 10 years' time and said, okay, who's spending more than they earn? No, not me, not me. And you've got a credit card, personal loan, car loan, overdraft. And you won't got anything like that because if you have, if you have any of those things, you are spending more than you earn. You're borrowing from your future income to pay for today. And that's spending more than you earn. It's that simple. And people, like one of the things, we had someone on the TV show this year, a couple, 25 years of age, who have been living here for the last three years. They moved over from India. And they were on good salaries, like around 42,500 euros each, 85,000 euros, same job, same company, both earning the same money. And they controlled their expenses so well that those, that couple who are 25 today at 45 years of age are going to be able to stop working because their expenses are so controlled. And one of the things we often don't have a whole pile of control over is our income. But we do have total control over expenditure. Now, the reality is we're under more pressure than ever before right now because we're in a situation where inflation's running away with ourselves mm. and wage, wage increases aren't coming or not for everybody, certainly. And therefore, you're feeling the squeeze and it's getting tighter and tighter. But you still do have control over your expenditure yes. for, the, for in the main. And there are certain things I'm always, people think, oh, he's a financial planner. He must spend nothing. That's not true. I try not to spend on things that don't add value to my life so that I have more money for the things that do add value to my life. Yes, and that's a very important point to make. Will you stay there a moment? Because I don't want to squeeze you. I want a few more minutes, which I have a short break to take, and I have questions coming in for you. So will you just hold on yeah, there, Owen, no for a moment, please? Owen McGee is with us. His book is brilliant, How to Make Your Money Work. And we're going to come back to him in a moment. Questions 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. <laughs> 
Owen McGee is with me on Late Lunch. Last in the series tonight on RTE, How to Be Good with Money. His new book is called How to Make Your Money Work. Owen, you've got to tell them your dad's story and it's a, there's a real lesson in it. And sadly, he passed away uh, during lockdown. Yeah, he did. He passed away. No, it was, he was in COVID. My dad has had a very bad heart. He was mm. 78, 78 years of age when he passed away. But at 40, 40 years of age, he had his first heart, heart bypass. In fact, he had a quadruple bypass at that stage. And oh, a few stents a few late years later. And then a quintruple bypass a few years after that. And he, um, he gave up work at 50. He, was, he had protection in place that meant he had his wages covered. So he was on 75% of his wage from 50 years of age onwards and he was able to look after himself. Yeah. And I genuinely believe, and he believes too, that he, he got an extra 29 years from the time he retired out of him as over 28 years as a mm. result of him being able to just look after himself. And it's a strong connection with Loud as well. Like my dad would be a, a smarmer man originally just ah, outside RD. Yes. And I'd have, I'd have uncles and, and cousins and everything up around that part of it. So I would have been up and down there as a kid. I, I'm a dub, but I've been up, down, up and down there as a kid. And I still have good connection with my, uh, with my uncles up there too and aunties and everything else. So yeah. we have a strong Loud connection, but right. it is. And that's the message I was talking about a second ago when, when dad passed away. Um, it, one of the things was just, it just drove home to me that, yeah, finances are important, but they're not, yes, they're not the yes. most important thing. Yes, but he, as you said, he'd made his plans and uh, close to the time he passed, he spoke to you and he was absolutely reassured that your mum would be fine. And it just shows you that even in life, for all of us, we always think about the ones we leave behind and that they'll be OK. Now, I just want to hit a few questions here from listeners. I won't get to them all, but I just want to fire these quick fire at you. Um, listen wants to know, will you ask Owen, please, are prize bonds... Prize bonds worth investing in? Depends what you're investing in or how long you're investing in them. If it's a short-term goal, less than five years, grand, go first. The interest rates are very poor everywhere, so it doesn't really matter where you put them. Short-term goal, short-term vehicle like prize bonds. Long-term goal, that's not a, that use a long-term vehicle like investing in shares and bonds and the stuff we talked about earlier on. Yeah. So it depends how long you're planning on putting the money away for. Okay. Uh, John wants to know, uh, does your lesson about uh, savings own uh, refer to credit union savings as well? It's all savings, I'd say, you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, so it's, again, five-year rule. If it's less than five years, if you're going to use the money in the, ne- in the, in the next five years, bank account, on post, credit union doesn't matter and in fact the interest rates are so poor it really doesn't matter where you put them so don't but if it's beyond five years you need to find something else long-term goal long-term vehicle short-term goal short-term vehicle now motoring Maura wants to know I'm about to change my car will you ask Owen Jerry I'm trading in and I have enough money to cover off the purchase of the new car but the company are offering a 0% finance if I go and finance the balance what should I do? Oh, I'm not a fan of loans I don't like the, the 0% finance has to be tied up somewhere else now it might be tied up across everybody's car people who are buying it and not buying it through finance but the reality is is that there is a complex thing going on in the background Car manufacturers have cash and they're not getting any interest on them and they can give them out. But I just am not a fan of having loans. If you can pay for the car outright and you're still going to have other savings to call on it yeah. when life happens, well then why take on the hassle of having the loan? And just be careful to type a loan. It could be PCP that you need to come up back in again in three years' time or it could be it depends on what type of loan it is. So my preference is avoid credit cards, personal loans, car loans, overdraft, all of that stuff. The only loan that's somewhat acceptable is a mortgage because it's difficult to get ahead without it. 
Okay, and and that leads me into the next one. We have approximately seven years left in our mortgage with quite a bit still to pay and we've had a little bit of success elsewhere. We could pay it off now. Should we pay it off? Financially, it's not usually the right thing to do. Okay, so, and this is a double, double, I'll give you two parts to this question, the answers to this question. Financially, not usually the right thing to do. If you're maxing out all of your other opportunities, like you're maxing out pensions and you're doing all the other stuff that you can do with your money, it might be an option. But the reality is, is there's a huge, and this is the second part, there's a huge emotional benefit to clearing off a mortgage. Mm. And oftentimes emotion trumps financial. So this comes down to where you're at with the mortgage. If it keeps you awake at night in particular, just get rid of it. But it, I would suggest it's not going to be the best financial decision. And whatever you do, don't clear off the mortgage and leave yourself stuck that you something happens in life. Like it could be something simple. You get invited to a wedding abroad or I don't know, you have to replace the car and you end up borrowing money more expensive than the mortgage was. And make sure if you are clearing off the mortgage that any other debt you have is gone before you even consider clearing off the mortgage. But financial and emotional, they cross over all the time. And I do see the benefit emotionally to clearing off a mortgage. It's just not usually the right thing to do financially. Brilliant, Owen. And just to have half a minute, uh, I just wanted to come back to something which jumped out at me when I was uh, uh, reading your book. Uh, uh, You you know the way you're recommended to budget and write down your expenditure and your income and have a look at that. But you do say that you're not one for strict, strict budgeting. No, it's more about spending rules is what I prefer to talk about. And that's where... If you're sitting at home today, look at how much money you have in your bank account and look at work out when is the next time you're getting paid and work out what stuff has to be paid for between now and then and give every single euro in your bank account a job. Now, one of them might be pay the mortgage, one of them might be pay the rent or whatever else, but some of them might be go have fun and some of it might be save. But once you give the rules to your money, you're now controlling your money, your money's not controlling you. And if life changes, because you're the boss of your money, you can change the rules. And that tends to get much more success than someone who creates a budget and then life happens and the budget goes out the window because, oh, I didn't stick to budget and they feel like a failure. So spending rules, it's just a play on words, but spending rules is an awful lot better than budgeting. Own brilliant. Uh, final in the series tonight, How to Be Good With Money, RTE. The book is called How to Make Your Money Work by Own McGee. It's been a real pleasure talking to a man with such knowledge and with deep roots here in the North East. Thank you, Owen. Thank you. Thank you for joining me, Owen McGee there. Terrific, terrific guy. Now, quickly, Drogheda United begin their home campaign in the League of Ireland Premier Division tomorrow night against Shelburne. Our show sponsors, Blackstone Motors, have given us two pair of tickets to give away to the match tomorrow night. I think it's uh, full house signs up there or will be shortly. Would you like to go and see Drogheda Shells? The question is this. What is Drogheda United's First team colours. Draw the United's first team colours, please. Answers to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Coming up after two, we're heading to Moscow and Kiev. Congratulations to Patricia Sheridan from Drumcar, Christina Callahan from Drogheda, who are joint winners of our LMFM Radio Bingo jackpot. They've each won €5,400. And I also want to mention Dimpna Rooney from Carrick Cross, who won €600 recently. Next week's jackpot is €5,000, and we have great daily prizes with a chance to win a €50 voucher every day in our lucky numbers promotion. So don't forget, get your books. If you're not in, you can't win LMFM. You can get them online or from a range of outlets across the North East. As I said, I was awoken this morning with uh, notifications on my phone and 
the confirmation was there that the invasion of Ukraine by Russia had begun. And I have to say my heart sank. And I think of the poor people in Ukraine and what's happening there as we speak. Yesterday, uh, we spoke with Alan Moore in Moscow and Brendan Murphy in Kiev. We're going to have Alan with us shortly. But firstly, let's go to Kiev on the ground there. Brendan Murphy is with us again. Hello again, Brendan. Well, how are you? I'm fine, but more to the point. uh, How how are you? What's happening? Can you just tell us what's happening there? Yeah, so... So this is a full war. Uh, the, the, a few kilometers from me, three Russian helicopters with troops were shot down, and uh, those that survived that have been taken captive. Uh, there are rocket attacks on every city in Ukraine, and uh, it's a full war from Transnistria, the Black Sea, the Russian Federation, and Belarus. And you are sitting there with your family in the middle of this, like uh, millions of others. Have Can you take shelter? Do you just have to sit tight where you're living? So I moved from uh, where I was, which was high risk, to a place which now is high risk. So I'm sheltering in, in a way, but it's it's not shelter because the likelihood is that they will parachute uh, special forces in large numbers and uh, of course the Ukrainian military have a job to do to kill them all and at the minute they've shot down a lot of planes and helicopters and destroyed tanks and destroyed uh, conv- convoys of Russian military but you know the numbers are very very large and uh, these people are coming to kill and they've killed people in cars, they've killed people on bicycles, they've killed people in apartments um, they're coming to kill. They're not fighting the army. They're coming to kill people who live in Ukraine. This is horrendous to hear what is happening. It's unbelievable. And and it is like we are getting certain feeds here and we have been for morning. But you can say this is full scale war now. And the Ukrainian forces are not taking this lying down by any means. No, there's a very few. Every 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 battlefront is being engaged, and the Russians have 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 uh, been stopped in a number of them. And there's a hard, hard battle. I'm not going to give you locations because that would be wrong. But there's a very, very hard battle that's going on. Very intense battle. But there's a bat. The the the, the Russians are sending missiles and uh, everything that you can imagine <clears throat> to 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 destroy every city in Ukraine. And that, I, there's maybe uh, over thirty cities that have been attacked currently with missiles and bombs. What do you feel? towards the West and the rhetoric that's going on at the moment in terms of sanctions and that we're standing by you in Ukraine? I think that that's about as much value as Macmillan's famous white piece of paper that he waved when he got off the plane. Um, I think that people wanted to believe that there is good in the world and they wanted to believe, despite the fact that everything that was in front of them in terms of actions told them that this was going to happen. And uh, I, I think that the security mechanism that was promised for 77 years to ensure peace 
is now either going to have the button pressed and it will do what it is intended to do and enforce peace, or we will not have peace and security in the world. And that's, I know, a big statement, but that's the reality of where we are now. Either 42 million people are going to be ethnically cleansed, or they're going to be defended by the world. And just one thing I will say, the ambassador of Lithuania made the point that there are more Russians in Lithuania than there are in uh, Ukraine. Mm. Despite the vast size of Ukraine, it has less Russians. And to a person in Ukraine, they are all fighting for Ukraine. There's no separatism. There's nobody wanting the Russians to come. Not one single uh, place in Ukraine is there a gathering of pro-Russian blah 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 that has not happened and in fact the more everybody there's a queue of two kilometers just to give blood in one place and that's happening all over Ukraine and people are joining people of course people are leaving their houses going to shelter uh, shelter places but everybody is being uh, saying, I will do whatever you want me to do, and the government of Ukraine is saying, sit in place, we will call you when we need you, and we'll give you the job you want. we need you to do. <clears throat> and that's uh, to the credit of everybody in Ukraine. So you are saying today that force must be met by force. That's true, but it doesn't mean murderers need to be murdered it means that force needs to be fully fully disempowered you don't have to bomb and destroy to disempower a force you can create a vacuum so tight that people cannot breathe and their ability to wage war is is it becomes impossible because you take away the oxygen and you asked me about the sanctions no russian business, no Russian connection in business, no Russian person in any country, including Ireland, should be able to continue without a constraint placed upon them, because any money that goes to Russia is to pay for this war, and it needs to be closed down, there needs to be no opportunity for any of these and i don't mean the ordinary person with a hundred euro or 200 euro i'm talking about big businesses that own big businesses in ireland these people need to not be able to transfer more than a few hundred euro anywhere for any reason whatsoever without an independent audit of making sure that that is not going to fund this war because currently it's being funded by countries like Ireland. So what you're saying is choke Russia with the most uh, hard-hitting sanctions right across the board, across the world, and you think that will take the oxygen out of this war? It will take the oxygen out and it will, because only the Russian people can decide who their leader is. And at the minute they are understanding a narrative provided to them by their current leader and unless they experience the alternative point of view they will be none the wiser right and even people in russia who are not your russians take that whole narrative 
because it's impossible to not to, no matter whether you want to or not. But if you take that and make it impossible, and as I understand, to their great credit, Russian people in Dublin are going to the Russian embassy protesting. Not other people, Russian people are saying, stop this. Mm. And we need to support, not by insurgency, not by encouraging them, but by saying, right, okay, we recognize that there is a dissent in Russia. And if you dissent in Russia, Putin will kill you. But if you take the oxygen of trade and business completely to zero, then he he lives on his reserves. And those reserves need to be degraded by whatever other means of power that the world has. Can I ask you this, Brendan? You know, it's a huge, it's a vast country and it has a massive population. And to subjugate that amount of people and that area of territory, that is not going to be easy no matter what you say or what happens over the coming hours, days, weeks and months. Hitler did it. He did. But he was eventually driven back, ironically, by a force uh, underpinned by the Russians, who are now the aggressors. No, sorry, sorry. You said that yesterday, and I said to you, 11 million Ukrainians fought and died against, right? He didn't invade Russia particularly much. He absolutely invaded and occupied um, Ukraine, and he murdered millions and millions of people as did the Russians through the NKVD and the Holodomir famine, right? So these people come to Ukraine and have murdered, murdered relentlessly. But don't think for one minute that there is any narrative that's Russian, because it was the Red Army that was largely Ukrainian that destroyed uh, the German forces. Mm. And it was the Ukrainians who fought... And of course the Russians were involved. Mm. But don't think for a minute that the sacrifice was Russian. That's wrong. No, no, but it was partly. And it was partly in many other nations as well, you have to say. But look, come back to this point that I make. It's a full-scale assault now. And they're moving right across the country. And and the resistance, you said, is happening. We're hearing that from you. And Ukraine is fighting. And I hear what you say, what needs to be done. But bring it back to you your family and your friends that sit. Uh, you had to move in Kiev, you told me earlier on today. Are you fearful for your lives? Less than eight kilometres away, three helicopter gunships of special forces were shot down and uh, those who survived were taken prisoner. The intention, the, the expectation is that there will be large planes with parachute regiments falling from the sky. And I'm close enough to know that uh, that can be meters from my house. I don't mean meters, but maybe a hundred or a thousand meters from here. And they come to kill. So you're... This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Your, you mentioned your wife, her daughter, grandchild, her mother. All your lives are in peril as you speak to me. Yes. You're not going to get home to Ireland. No, I'm not, am I? My God Almighty, it's horrendous. It's horrendous. I, I, I don't know what I can say to you because this is this is just Armageddon for the people of Ukraine and God knows what's going to happen beyond this. What's your best hope? I, there's nothing better than the Irish people. And there's nothing better than the Irish people and the people of the Cooley Mountains. I hope... They force everybody to turn the tap off, every single tap, every opportunity for any Russian to do anything in Ireland has to be switched off. And the absence of opportunity has to be full until they restore a, a, a credible attitude to the world and that they stop this particular group of 70-year-old people murdering people the same way as Hitler did. And the Irish people can do that, right? The Irish people can turn those taps off, every single one of them. Mm. Brendan, uh, we hear you loud and clear. All I can do is, on behalf of your fellow countrymen and women, say that we, we support the people of Ukraine. We stand with you as individuals, Irish people, and I think of you and your family there and all the people of Ukraine. God bless you all. That's all I can say to you. God bless you. Thank Keep you. you safe and we'll touch base with you uh, shortly, please God, again, that we can talk, okay? Absolutely. Thank you and I appreciate everybody in Ireland and I hope everybody is well. Thank you. Thank you, Brendan. Take care of yourself. Well, That's uh, Brendan Murphy there. My God almighty folks. Just think about what that man is enduring and him not alone, not alone him, millions of others at this point in time. I want to take a short break and standing by to chat to us from Moscow. He spoke to us yesterday on the show. Alan Moore is with us in a moment. From Kiev to Moscow on late lunch this afternoon. Alan Moore, welcome back to the show. Thanks, uh, Jerry. Thanks for having me back on. Not at all. I know you caught some of Brendan Murphy's interview there. You were just joining us at the time and you may have heard parts of it. But just to paraphrase what he said there, full scale war assault going on. There have been casualties on both sides, shooting down of planes and helicopters, queues giving blood. It's just like Armageddon we're hearing at the moment. And Alan, I go back to yesterday. 
You were doubtful that this move would happen, and yet, here we go. Uh, Putin uh, on TV, I believe, there earlier today, I don't know whether you saw that, telling the uh, Russian nation that he was moving on Ukraine. How do you feel 24 hours on? Well, um, nothing's changed because it's exactly what we sort of looked at. And there's some very strange things. It's all day I've been dealing with it. I woke up this morning late because I actually stepped in after working last night over the Champions League. And I I woke up this morning, um, saw the news and thought, oh, here we go. And I knew what I was going to face in work. Now, that's a very selfish thing I know to say, but that's, you know, we're, we're human. Um immediately had calls with the Ukrainian embassy here, which is now pulling out because they've severed diplomatic ties. Um, we knew that yesterday evening that the Russian embassy, uh, or to say, yeah, the Russian embassy was moving out of Kiev, they're calling them back, which is always a bad sign um, because the dialogue is so, so important. Uh, you know, the, the fact that this past weekend, as I saw by the Ukrainian embassy, that um, Vladimir Zelensky had given express orders to Ukrainian military, military only to be like, as he said, UN troops, retaliate if fired upon. That's all. You do not initiate um, any engagements. But yet we know, everyone knows that's like, you know, say Saturday, like, but sun, the, the, the order was given on Friday, then Saturday, Sunday, Monday, yesterday, there were little isolated incidents of attacks being launched into this the Donbass region, which, you know, it it was ridiculous. And and what many of the Ukrainians I've spoken with today uh, from their ministries, they've said, uh, and our partner universities, they've said that it, it really does look like a major move has taken place to get rid of Zelensky and replace him with someone who's a little bit more either hardline um, or to either hardline or to Moscow's approval. Nobody knows which because no one knows what's going on right now. It's it's in flux. It's confusing. And it does seem they're sticking to the, the these these republics that they've recognised. Um, but it's very confusing, very, very confusing right now. And uh, even though they've been, there's been air raid sirens, like in many of the cities, including Kiev, uh, that the attacks do seem right now, even the Ukrainians are saying that they are focused solely on military installations. But as we know, that famous uh, or just the two famous words from the Americans, collateral damage. Yes. And I do think that that's happening. Yes. And, 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 and we can tell you from an eyewitness on the ground, Brendan Murphy, but his family there uh, from Omid, he's just been telling us that, you know, uh, there have been... Uh, you know, uh, f- there's been fighting, direct fighting, not far from where he is in Kiev as well. So the situation is developing. He expects troops to come in uh, to be landed by air shortly and more conflict to happen. And honestly, Alan, he is just so worried. He was hoping to get home to Ireland, but he doesn't see any prospect of that now. And he fears for his life and his family's lives as well. What 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 are the Russian people hearing? You're getting the, the Putin on TV there and the news channels. What's the rationale for this? What are they saying? Well, it, it goes back to to the sort of like the they they put forward the discrimination. Now he called it genocide, which you know is the abuse of the word, and I think is very very wrong. I always despise that word when we hear genocide because, of course, we've we've heard it before ourselves in terms of the the famines in Ireland in the eighteen forties. So using that is very, very emotive, especially related to Ukraine, related to Russia, where there were, you know, genocides had taken place. Um, 
but they're kind of, you know, when they're using them, they're going to denazify the area of the Donbass, uh, which, you know, is, is kind of, you know, is a very rich phrase to use because all we've been hearing, we've heard it from 2018 onwards, Boris Johnson calling Putin Hitler, calling Russians Nazis. We've heard it nonstop, even Ben Wallace, the defence minister from the UK, calling, you know, Russia, like, you know, Nazis, talk about this is Munich in 1938. They, for both Ukrainians and for Russians, they are very, very emotive words. And so if you call Ukrainians Nazis, they're going to react because as... Vladimir Zelensky said today in his address this morning in an appeal for sense to be seen and sort of some human decency to to win through, you know, that his grandfather fought the Nazis. Mm. People here have, you know, millions of people died. You know, 26 million people died in the Soviet Union fighting Nazi Germany. Yes. Um, and, and then there are these opportunists on both sides uh, who are milking this, and and this is the disgraceful thing. There's people in there's people in Ukraine who, I, I, I thought of that moment when I was watching this morning Vladimir Zelensky's address uh, to the Russians, all Russians and all people, saying we do not need this. This is not right. And when he's speaking, there's that moment. If you remember Fahrenheit nine eleven, that that moment in the Michael Moore documentary. That, no relation of, of ours, of course, mm. but that Michael Moore documentary where you have George Bush going into the Florida um, primary school, knowing that one plane had hit the one of the Twin Towers and he's sitting there and a Secret Service agent comes in and says, a second plane has hit the other tower. And the look on his face is the same as Zelensky. And it is, I thought that this was going to be okay, but I realize I've been sold out. Mm. And I think that that's what, what, what I think in, in a time will tell, Jerry, that there's been backroom deals being done and Ukraine has been sold a pup. And I think that that's the really, really sad thing. By and, who? By who, you know, Alan? Who has sold them a pup? Who are you talking about there? I, I would say, like, everything from Russian diplomats to his own people to the likes of Macron and Schultz and Johnson and Biden, who are saying, we'll stand by, stand by, we'll put yes. sanctions and don't worry, don't worry about it. Now, and at the same time, we remember the last couple of weeks, the Ukrainian government, Zelensky and his, his cabinet ministers, have continually said, stop hyping up the rhetoric. They've been asking the Americans, if you have this intelligence, can you show us? Mm. Can you show us what's going to happen? You tell us where it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. Tell us, please. And they were ignored. And that moment when you see a man who I think he, I think is a terrific leader. I think he's a he's not liked by a lot of Ukrainians because he speaks sense and he wants calm and he wants dialogue. Um, and he's standing there in the face of this, thinking I'm on my own here. And he knows pretty soon that he will end up being deposed. Um, and I think that that suits most people. That suits an awful lot of people because it's better to have someone who is going to play by the rules you want to engage in. And he, he, he just didn't. And unfortunately, I think he's going to lose out. It's a horrendous situation all round. And I'm sure ordinary folk on the streets and uh, going to their schools and studies and workplaces in Russia have to be concerned too about this, where this is going to end or how it could potentially escalate. Alan, look, I'm going to leave it there today. But as I said to you, we'll be in touch. This is a developing situation. And I say to you as well, uh, keep safe. And uh, we're thinking of everybody, all our uh, Irish people in the in the Russian Federation and in Ukraine at the moment with what's going on. Alan, thank you for joining me again.
You're welcome, Jerry. Take care and thanks Take a million. Care. Not at all. Bye bye. That's Alan Moore there speaking to me from Moscow. And uh, news about the football. I know Alan uh, works for Capital FM in Moscow as well as his job in the university. Uh, the final of the Champions League will not be played in St. Petersburg. UEFA are going to announce that. Uh, they're pulling that from Russia and I believe Wembley is on standby for them. Just an incidental point there. Uh, anyway, we pray for the people of Ukraine, of Europe of the world because the world stands on the brink yet again. Now I'm joined by a man on the line that I've been dying to talk to because he's just done something remarkable. He's actually domesticated a crow. Yes, caw caw, one of the crows that proliferate across Ireland. The crow's name is Cornelius and his daddy is John Curry and he's on the line. Hello John. Hello, how are you getting on? I'm getting on really good. Well John, I have to say, you do me heart good with the videos of this fella and you feeding him and more besides. Tell our listeners the story. How did you come across him or him across you in the first place? Well, I was just driving into my local town, Boris, one day, which is uh, five kilometres away and about three kilometres in, um, I just seen something fall over the trees and I slowed down and it was a little baby crow. So... I stopped and put him up on the ditch and went on and I said to myself, he'll be grand. And, but you're on the way back then, he was still there. So I said, I better bring him on. So I brought him on, put him into a box in the back of the van and I'd done a little bit of research that they needed to be fed quite often. So I used to bring him to work for the first month with me in, in a box and just feed him every half hour um, until he got a little bit bigger. And then I put him in the garage and he used to kind of nest in there and fly around and do his own thing and then I decided I'd open the door one day and let him off because he seemed to be hardy and strong enough but no he's still there that's a year ago now <laughs> so why would he leave you he's living in a hotel well exactly he's getting he's probably the best fed crow in Ireland so um, <laughs> and we also like in the town where I'm from it's the second largest rookery I think in Europe so you'd imagine he'd find someone to pair off with in there but no, he seems to seems to like hanging around Boris. <laughs> and is he a rook or is he a crow per se? What which of the species is he? He's a rook according to the experts that I've been talking to. Okay. So, um as far as I know he's a rook. Now I've called him Cornelius, but I'm not sure if it's a boy or a girl, but he's Cornelius anyway. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh yeah. he I'll tell you one thing, he's a ruined rook. I come back to that again because I just see his menu cat food, peanuts, cheese, scrambled eggs. Holy god, four star you're running there, John. Oh yeah, he gets the best of everything in fairness. He's uh, and quite fussy as well. He'll, he'll only eat certain cat nuts. He doesn't, uh, I reared him when he was starting off on cat food, uh, uh, wet cat food first, so he liked that. But he's gone onto the dry stuff now. He likes the odd drop of Budweiser as well. Every now and again, if you leave one down, he's straight into it. So you don't leave a bottle of beer down anywhere. Move over those lovely horses in the Budweiser ad next Christmas. Cornelius yeah. the Crow is coming to your TV soon. Oh, my it God. Happen. It could happen. It could happen indeed. Look, do you know what we noticed as well? You were feeding him with some of the wee nuts and that there, and we watched him. He picked out the colourful nuts for first. Yeah, he likes, um, no matter what nuts you give him, if there's the colour yellow, he'll go for the yellow nuts first. Mm. And then he'll go for the red ones and then the green ones and he's not too fussed about anything brown. 
and, quite, quite weird. And John, I'll tell you this about him. I've seen him, you have him on your arm and I take it you're well padded because I'll tell you, a rook's beak coming in on a human arm or flesh, uh, I'd say you'd be for the local hospital. It's quite sharp, all right, but when he's when he's eating, like you see in the videos, he never hits my hand for like yeah. he always hits the nut. Yeah, they're they're fairly accurate, like so. Yes. Um, but yeah, no. When I go home in the evening, he'll be there. I let down the window and I'm coming up the road, and he'll fly onto my arm as I'm driving in the gate. And the same in the morning when I get up, he's there every morning. What he does at night time, I don't know. He goes off and he's back the next day to be looked after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes once it starts getting dark. He heads off with himself to wherever it is, and he's back then in the morning. I get up around quarter to seven, and <laughs> he's there sitting in the tree waiting. Ah, uh, John, this is just the most remarkable story. And what I was referring to, I've seen him on your arm and him pecking hard, just playfully on your arm. But you're well covered up on the arm there. But I do see what you said. He's gentle when he's picking from your hand. But hey, come here. It doesn't just end here because he comes into your garage. He'll come into the house, doesn't he? He's in the house and all oh he does yeah he'll come in alright once you, in the morning like if I open the window I let him in he'll come in and stand on the windowsill there until I get the nuts the cat nuts out <laughs> and then I'll bring him out and he'll follow me out but he'll come in on my shoulder like if I'm walking through the house and he can stay on it and you know he doesn't seem to mind even though we have seven cats we have three domestic cats and there's four living outside around us and no he doesn't seem to mind them yeah, isn't that an interesting one now indeed? Because they generally, near the twain shall meet, generally between the birds and the cats. But there you go, he's one of the family. Now yeah. here, tell our listeners, it's not that he just feeds. This fella can do tricks. He can, he can, yeah. I taught him to, um, he'd stand there and I with the Budweiser caps. Now, Jesus, it sounds like I'm drinking an awful lot. But anyway, <laughs> so it would be Budweiser caps and um, i just flick him in the air and he'll catch them and put them down for me to throw it up, up again. He will. I was just so enthralled watching him and what he does. And, oh, my God, it it's amazing the way uh, you've connected with a wild creature, John. Yeah, he loves, like, he seems to love me and the wife. He likes the wife as well. And one of my daughters, Holly, he seems to go to Holly as well a lot. So I suppose whoever's giving him the most attention, he seems to, <laughs> to like it. And he terrifies the postman. The <laughs> postman is terrified of him. Is he? Really? Yeah, yeah. He tries to land on him all the time. I wear a baseball hat quite a bit. I'm a painting decorator. Um, so I wear a hat quite a bit. Stop droplets of paint and stuff but he seems to think that the postman is me because he wears a baseball hat as well right yeah, so. And I've heard a postman being run by dogs for sure, but never by a rook in the past. There you go. Isn't that just no, something he's, else? Uh, he, he's clever. Like, he's clever. If I'm at work, he's landed now. Maybe if I'm, what, I, what was the furthest? I was seven kilometres away one day. And um, I was out on the phone walking around in the person's yard and he landed on my shoulder. He found you? He found me. Well, I have a big, I have a white fan with lots of writing on it. That's the only, that's the reason I think he finds is he's flying around and he seems to, if he sees the van, he'll come down. Like, he's after yeah. finding me now three or four times. That um, is incredible, yeah. isn't it? Seven kilometres from his yeah. base as well. That is some distance. And to have that recognition, oh, they have great sight. I know that because I have, I feed them myself and there's plenty of them around my place. But I've, I have to say, this is remarkable. Sure, he's a celebrity. You're a celebrity with him now. 
Uh, I don't know. I think he's the celebrity here now. I just, I just tried to help him. I thought he might be gone by now. But <laughs> yeah. ah, look, he's lovely to have. It's a different thing to have anyway at home, isn't it? It is simply wonderful, I have to say. And it's uplifting and it made us smile at a time when we need smiles in this world. I don't have to remind you, John, what's going That's on. Sure. My God yeah, almighty, yeah. anything that lifts the doom and gloom is to be welcome. Well, I congratulate you on rescuing him rearing him and you know developing his talents with his flicking of the Budweiser caps and more besides so you do say he's partial to an old drop of Bud he likes an old drop of Budweiser yeah if you leave a bottle down at all (laughs) he'll um, he'll flip it over and straight him with the beak into it he must like to he bathes in it he likes the sugar in it or whatever but yes no he doesn't get too many of them now they don't be left around too long oh no because uh, he'd be it'd be dangerous in landing and taking off and wherever yeah, he may yeah, go yeah he might, mightn't be great in flight now after a couple of bottles like that. <laughs> he may not and, 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 and he's, he's a real loner others don't join him or anything or is he territorial does he protect his territory would you say well, I have um, 20 or I have 30 ducks and a few or 30 chickens and a few ducks and that. But he seems uh, in the mornings when I'm feeding him, he'll come down and he'll peck away with them. And so he doesn't seem to mind them. But mm. I never really see him with any other crow. Yes, yes. Oh, he's a cute crow. Why would you want anyone else when you're the lord of the manor there with yourselves? And I was looking no. at one of your videos. You're a man after my own heart. I saw you with the onion sets and the early spuds and everything. You're ready to go. You do a bit of gardening. Oh, do loads of gardening, sure. He's he's he he's. I plant them and he pulls them up. That's, uh, that's <laughs> yeah. what's going on at the moment now. So I have to get some nets and I put oh. in all the sets and I came back the next day and the most of them were out. So um, that's one drawback. But anyway, we'll we'll work that out. Ah, you will. Or you will. Cornelius the crow. He's brilliant. He really is. Well, John, look. I hope he stays with you for many's a day. You've brought. He's brought great joy to you and your family. I know, and the people down there. And you've brought it to a wider audience uh, on social media with the wee videos as well. Thank you so much for joining me today. No problem at all. That's great to talk to you. Take care of yourself, John. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. John Curry and Cornelius the Crow. Check it out, folks. Check it out. Jerry, just uh, following on from the crow, um, <laughs> we know everybody's watching news feeds and everything, but we want to lighten the mood. Yes. So there is a lovely story uh, in the news today about a fox who robbed a meal from a delivery driver. It was a fan. You're joking. I, the delivery driver pulled up with his meal for this guy and obviously left it down. And out came the fox, grabbed the takeaway, which I believe was a chicken and chorizo sandwich, and ran off with it. <laughs> the whole bag in its mouth, like. Isn't that just fabulous? Isn't that great? And when you listen to John about the crow, you know, and how observant that creature is, obviously the fox as well, you know, mm. knew what was what. So took the, it was dropped at the person's yeah, door, wasn't it? Yeah, and he must it? have smelled it or something. Picked up the And charged the bag, off it. The whole plastic away. bag. It wasn't even a meal on its own. Yeah, ran off with it across <laughs> the green. They got loads of footage from it on social media. Cheeky did, fox. Did, was he out of pocket? Did the company do no, any, the, anything? Yeah, I think they uh, they gave him another meal. Ah, fair juice. Not the fox, the other fox. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, was it the foxes, right? Chorizo, I wonder how uh, the fox found chorizo. Well, I tell you, <laughs> they'd scavenge anything, honest to God, they really would. There you go, good old fox, the cute fox. Oh yeah, cute as a fox. We often heard that one for sure. My God, it's uh, difficult to, you know, make... Mm, make light of anything. Make light of anything at the moment, it, it really is. And again, Louise, oh my God, when you hear what John 
had to say earlier on, he's in the war's happening there, right there where he is this minute in time. Horrendous, horrendous. My heart had just break for Brendan oh. when he said it didn't look as if he'd go back. But he did say, um, just when he came off um, the air to you, that the Irish government were trying to get through as yeah. he was talking Where to you. Where are they? So, okay. So hopefully there there might be good news on the yeah, horizon. We might have a good news update tomorrow. Please God, we will. He got real emotional when I mentioned, mm. you know, not getting home. I think everybody and, got yeah. emotional mm. with him that was mm. listening. Brendan Murphy, we're thinking of him and everybody else in the Ukraine today. And with that in mind, uh, just to uh, take us to news, weather and sport at three and tell you I have my soundtrack afterwards. And Paddy Goodwin is back with his brand new single. Yes, and he's been supported by one, the one and only Mr. Paul Brady. We're going to hear about it after three. But let's have this one. And these are the words we want to hear in Europe, Ukraine, Russia and the world today. Tickets to Drogheda United. Yes, United wear claret and blue. That's their first strip, number one colours. Uh, pair tickets each to Anita Harmon and Mickey Dunn for the game against Shelburne tomorrow night. And the pantomime. What does Cinderella's carriage turn back into at midnight? Of course, it's a pumpkin. Tracy Connor, well done to you. Family ticket going out to you and we're organising that for you as I speak I'll have another family ticket to give away on the show tomorrow to Kells Pantomime Cinderella all begins on the 4th of March get your tickets roll up roll up my soundtrack this week is from the brilliant Jersey Boys and the Tony Awards yes they're the Oscars of Broadway theatre and Jersey Boys won four in 2006 the year after it uh, became a reality including best musical and best actor the soundtrack from the show which I'm featuring of course, sold 1.4 million copies in the USA alone. The original 2005 show was a winner from the outset, with critics lauding it with reviews like, Oh, what a night. That was a pun, of course. The crowd seems to have forgotten what year or how old they are, said another critic. Dancing, clapping, singing, feel-good theatre, another one. Sure, it was on to a winner from the start. In terms of box office takings, uh, punters have paid, listen to this, well in excess of $2 billion dollars worldwide to see the show. It's something else, isn't it? Remarkable. And talking about seeing Jersey Boys, this is a true story. On Tuesday just gone by, our pancake Tuesday on late lunch, I hopped in the car after me podcasting and everything done, heading home, and BBC Two was on the dial, Steve Wright in the afternoon, and you won't believe it, there he was playing a Jersey Boys song. Oh my God, so coincidental and ironic. And a message came in from a listener, listen to this, who'd been to see the show 50 times, 50 times to see the show. Incredible. But no surprise when you consider songs like these. I've never been told that as I grew up. Not right. <laughs> anyway, yes, from uh, my soundtrack this week from the brilliant musical Jersey Boys. Wonderful, wonderful song there, The Four Seasons. More tomorrow to round off the week of Jersey Boys about this time on Late Launch. Final break of the afternoon. And he's back with a brand new song. And guess what? He's inveigled Mr. Paul Brady to join him 
with his new single. Yes, Paddy Goodwin's with us next. On Friday's late lunch, wines, books, sport, competition, TV themes, comedy and women with opinions all coming tomorrow. But we have business to do today before we go. You see, he railed against Brexit with Break for the Border and took on Trump. Is this still America? But he's back with a new single and I have to say, he certainly toned it down because in the blue of the night, it's simply brilliant and it launches in McHugh's the venue on Saturday and the man behind it is on the line Paddy Goodwin good afternoon Hi Jerry how are you getting on? I'm very good thanks for breaking away but uh, little bird tells me would you be getting ready for Saturday or other yeah, things? I, cert- I certainly am well funny enough I was singing along with the Jersey the Jersey boys there a minute ago <laughs> did you ever see that show? Yes I did Paddy Great show Fantastic, yeah. absolutely yeah. fantastic. And it's back, I say again, in November in Ireland at the board, gosh, worth going to see for sure. But much more presently, worth going to be and see is the venue accused this Saturday for the launch of this single. Paddy, I have to say, I just love it and it grows on me all the time. But there's a real poignant story behind it. There is, Jerry. In, in fact, it's... it's uh uh, the first, the first line is uh, there's a ghost calling on the telephone, and that comes from uh, recently uh, a friend of mine died, uh, and uh, we were myself and the wife were sitting here saying, well, no, we can't really go to the go to the house, can we? Uh, we'd go to the funeral tomorrow. We'd stand outside, you know, given that you can't, you know, with all the restrictions on funerals, and um, we were just having that conversation when my phone rang with my friend's name on it. Uh, and it was his wife uh, ringing me to say, "Look, please come out of the house here. You know, never mind COVID. Come out of the house, and, and, and we want you want to see you. You know." My God, so, Paddy! Uh, that was the kind of uh, the 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 start of the song. If you yeah, my oh my! I'd say your heart just missed a beat when you saw the name come up. Yeah, it was it was really strange moment. Now, Jerry, I have to say. Mm, but one nearly that was directing you to do this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because I, you know, I had an, an idea for a song along similar lines, but this was the catalyst for us, really. You know. Mm. And of course, you got to work as you do and put it together. And Mr. Paul Brady is supporting you. Well, I wouldn't say supporting me. He's he's singing along with me. Yes. And it's funny, Jerry, because when I hear myself singing the song, I think, well, that's all right. But when I hear Paul singing the song, I think, Jesus, that's a great song. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now you do yourself down and don't do that at all. I think he enhances you marvellously, yeah, let me no, say. It's, it's such a compliment to me for Paul to do this, to be perfectly honest with you, because I have such a high regard for him as a songwriter yeah. and as a singer and as a musician. And uh, Paul wouldn't be involved in anything that he, he, he doesn't want to yes. be involved. So it's a huge compliment to the song that he's, he's effectively singing it with me. Oh, he is indeed, of course. But I wanted to give you, you see, the, the five-star role in this. This one, it's your song, it's your single, and it's the prelude, of course, to the album that's coming uh, this summertime. Um, the other thing, uh, which is interesting, of course, he had to work from his place doing his part as you did yours elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, he has a, he has a studio in his back garden, in actual fact. And in fact, he, he's recorded his last uh, last two, two or three albums from, from the, the back garden studio. Uh, it's it's uh, very much more high tech than what I'd have here on the North Road now. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but listen, it, the synergy is marvelous, and I have to say, the guys who put it together, which they've done a marvelous job. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, we've we've a great uh, Jim Locker from Horseps playing keyboards, and my my great friend Anthony Tisseltwaite from the Waterboys is playing sax, and my friend um, Shane Power from the Guggenheim Grotto plays drums, and all put together really well by by my mate Jason Barley in Carlingford Studios. He's, mm. he's, uh, in fairness, we're, we're we're delighted with it. Yeah, and um, on Saturday you have a stellar lineup uh, for McHugh's as well on Saturday evening. Um, what time are you on stage at? Um, it, it'll it'll start relatively early. I have a very interesting support act, uh, yep. a lady called Jessie Jackson, who is from Australia. In fact, she's actually a very good blues guitar player, and uh, she actually played support there recently. Rob Rob Strong played uh, in McHugh's about two weeks ago, and she played support. And, and I've heard such good things about her that we've asked her to come back. Great. And I've also a friend of mine, um, a fellow called Sam, who's from Italy, who amazing character. He's great old crack. Uh, Any time that James Brown or B.B. King or Wilson Pickett played in Italy for about 20 years, uh, Sam's band would be a support band. So uh, Sam's a really, really good soul singer. So he's going to he's going to do a few things with us. And I'm really looking forward to hearing both of them. It's going to be great. Mm, Anthony Thistlewaite is with you as well uh, on uh, vocals, or sorry, on uh, on sax. And, uh, have you ever heard a song called Red Army Blues by the Waterboys? Um, uh, you know me now. You've, you've come up against me many times. Don't be asking me uh, questions like uh, that on live radio. Actually, it's actually an incredibly poignant song okay. for, for now because it's about a young fella in the Russian army oh, right. in the Second World War. Right. And uh, it's based on a true story. And uh, these Russians, um, they actually came in and they rescued Berlin. And because they had met American soldiers, Stalin didn't want them to be integrated back into Russian society. So because they'd met Americans, they ended up in a gulag. Right. Okay, and we know what the gulag meant for millions and millions of people. Absolutely horrendous. Anyway, your stellar lineup with your band will be there on on uh, Saturday as well. The action gets going, what, around about 8 o'clock? Around about 8 o'clock, Jerry. Yeah, yeah and uh, Sport Acts first, and then the main man on stage launching the new single, the prelude, as I said, to the album, which is coming later on in the year. You've done brilliant, and we're going to hear it now. Paddy, thank you for joining me on the show today. Thanks a million, Jerry. Hope to see you Saturday. I will indeed. See you there. Take care of yourself. That's the brilliant Paddy Goodwin there. And we're going to hear it now and finish out with it today. Big thanks to all our guests on the show, to Louise as usual, and thank you for joining us every afternoon. And Eddie Caffrey, of course, is ready to go with the drive here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us. See you tomorrow for Friday's show, but we leave you in the company of Paddy Goodwin and the Holy Ghost and his new single with the great Paul Brady on board called In the Blue of the Night. Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada Dundalk and Cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sendero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.